All right, here we are. Another, another interesting um, episode coming up here Sunday. We're, you know, today is Sunday, and we're we're one more Sunday closer to opening week of the NFL season, the 2020 edition. Still hoping that it will happen. Obviously, you know, with this coronavirus and restrictions, I mean. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see if we get if if we will be if we will. But so far everything looks like it's on it's on point to start on time. And we and while there still are some players that have contracted it, it's not a widespread issue as of the last two or three weeks. You know, so at least for now, we're we're preparing for a football season and 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 on time. So. But today, but today we're talking about you know we're going to talk about some things interesting. You got something to, to discuss, so go ahead. Today's your day to give up a to- give give us a topic. Oh, so yeah, we're gonna. Last week we did um, uh, uh, Eagles specific um, day on Sunday. This this Sunday we're gonna do um, best of the NFC East. So we're gonna expand out to the entire NFC East and we're going to put a full starting lineup together of the best players at each position and this is not like uh, necessarily who we think like is going to be like the top player this year this is the best players going into this season at each position cool cool alright so yeah we'll get started um um We'll start on the offensive side because really when you look at this, um, offensively it's going to be dominated, especially offensively, it's going to be dominated with Eagles and Cowboys players. But um, And there's also, it, it's also not as much um, debate. You know, a lot of it's on the offensive side. A lot of it's pretty clear-cut who the best players are. East defensively is where there's going to be a little bit more um, a little bit where we uh, differ on some of our players. So um, we'll start on the offensive side, and we'll start with the easiest spot to pick. This is pretty straightforward, I think, looking at it. The offensive line, I'm going to give me uh, two tackles, two guards, and a center. Hmm. I said, well, let's let's look at it like this. I mean, this is a list that's obviously you got to, you gotta know what what you got, you know. We're looking at the best of the best, and to me, you know, I'm gonna start at the at the middle where the quarterback gets the ball from the center, and I'm gonna go with with Kelsey number one. Jason Kelsey is the best center, obviously in this in this division. He's obviously done what he's done over the last several years as a six-round pick in a terrible draft. He came one of the, be- the best players to come out of a terrible draft for the Eagles in 2011. He obviously has done a hell of a job for a guy who didn't have a lot, a lot of people didn't have a lot of confidence in him, a lot of thought of him doing anything in this league when he first came out. That's why he was a six-round pick. But obviously Jason Kelsey's done a hell of a, a lot. And if he continues to play at this level, he's going to get considerations down the road for Canton. But obviously, you know he's done a great, he's done a decent, he's done a great job. And I don't, I can't trust any other other person at that position or any other other team. So, you know, that's my that's going to be my center. 
You know, that's going to be my center there in, in Kelsey. I'm going to go to the left tackle position next. And, you know, I, I wish I could pick all Eagles, but I can't. You know, it's just it's just too it's too much uh, it's just too much of a of a of a thought to think that if we're gonna play the bias card with with one team, then that then that's not worth our our discussion. So I'm going to unfortunately go to the Dallas Cowboys for the left tackle position. You know, he's number seventy seven. He's been very respe- he's been very respected in this league for a long time. He's probably one of the best at his position. That's Tyron Smith. Obviously, he's done a very good job. He obviously with 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 Peters moving to the right side, then obviously he becomes the best left left tackle in the in the division. You know, Andre Diller has a lot of work to do. We don't know how great he's going to be, but we're looking at today, not in 2025 or something like that. So, Tyron Smith is my left tackle, you know. So, there. My I was going to go with Brandon Brooks as my right as my right, but since he's since he's out this season and unfortunately we don't know when he's coming back. You know, he's not coming back this season. So, you know, I'm going to give Peters, I'll give Jason Peters that side. I mean, he is going to the Hall of Fame for what he's done. You know, this shouldn't diminish him if he doesn't do well this year on that side of the ball, on that side. So I think that he can do very, do very well. And he he obviously is, brings the leadership on that, on that O-line that may, may have been diverted if he wasn't there this year. Obviously losing... Malcolm Jenkins on the defensive side leadership is is something that they're going to have to adjust as well. So, to me, I'm going to go with uh, Peters on that side. Uh, and then obviously I'm going to go with Lane Johnson as well. Lane Johnson's good at what he does. You know, why not? You know, Lane Johnson's good. You know, and, and he's done. You know, to me, he's he's one of the elite guys on this you know, on this line, and, you know, he does very well, so, you know, that's four guys, right, that's four. Yeah, still one more guard, looking for. Like I said, like I said. There's one there that's pretty, that's obvious, uh, you'll, you'll, you're forgetting about, but you'll, you'll catch it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go to the Washington team. Brandon Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. So, you know, he's obviously a guy that's, you know, you know, Washington's old line is, is underrated. You know, nobody really talks about that line because they've not been very good, ta- ta- you know, talently. So, I'll get Brandon Sheriff by, by goal there at that position. So, there's my old line for you. All right. I'm I'm pretty close with the exception of one player. Um, I started left tackle. Obviously, Peters is no longer playing left tackle. So, yeah, like like you said, Tyron Smith is the obvious choice there. Same with Lane Johnson at right tackle. He's clearly the best in the in the business, let alone in the division. Um, Kelsey at center. Again, he's the best in the NFL. Um, 
And then we get the guard. This is where we're going to differ a little bit. Um, I do have Brandon Scherf on my team, but I can't. I'm not. I'm not going to put Peters in that in, in in the other spot mainly because he's never played a guard before, so we don't know how he's going to play. Um, obviously, this would be a little bit. This would this this position would be a little bit more open to debate for me if Brandon Brooks wasn't injured, because then there would be three high quality guards or Pobol guards. Um, but you forgot about one guy from the Cowboys, Zach Martin. He's an all-pro guard. Um, and, yeah, he's more proven at the position than Peters. So I'm putting Zach Martin there as my fifth or as my second guard. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the other guard, guards in the division, um, say Amalu, you know, he's, he's solid. And if we were going um, – if I was going left guard, right guard specifically, then he'd have a shot. Because when you look at it, Brandon Scherf and um, Zach Martin both play right guard. But Martin can play left, too. So, so yeah, the only other guy to keep an eye on going forward is Will Hernandez from the Giants. The guy, he's got all-pro caliber potential, but he so far hasn't proven himself to be on the same level as some of these other other players in, that dominate the offensive lines of both the Eagles and Cowboys, and really in general, the NFC East is always pretty good when it comes to their offensive lines. Yeah, so that's our our list there, and like I said, we'll stick to it. You know, we we gotta figure that out as the season goes on. I'm sure there'll probably be other names that will show up as well over over the next throughout the throughout the season. So. All right, your next, your next uh, p- part. Your next yeah, part. Yeah, next up, another one that's um, pretty much clear cut here. But let's go for it. One tight end. One tight end. Well, like I said, the tight end position obviously is a very important position. Obviously, and you know, you just look around the league, you know, and and look at this division. I mean. You know, we don't have to go too far, luckily, you know. So, you know, I'm just going to go as, the, as, as obviously, as our experience, and that's Zach Ertz. That's an easy one for me. I mean, obviously, this year it's going to be critical for, for the tight end position, especially for the Eagles this year, because they have two quality tight ends, which I don't think the, the rest of the division doesn't have. And obviously, why not? You know, Zach Ertz has the most receptions in for a tight end in NFL history, back in the 2018 season, and he's still one of the one of the elite guys. He's going to have another solid year, but he knows he's also playing within within his own team as competition with Dallas Goddard, who I think is going to take a step forward in a big way. I think he's got a chance to be not only a Pro Bowler but potentially an All Pro. At that position, and we know that Zach Ertz has done both over the over over his great career. And but still, I look at Zach Ertz still just because he's more polished product, more experience. So there's my tight end for you. Yeah, I mean the Eagles are are in the great position at tight end of um, having two elite quality tight ends. Obviously, Ertz is an elite tight end when you look at his numbers on top of his talent, but um, 
Goddard is also up up there too. Um, he's not he's not obviously not as good at this point, but he's he's once he gets the opportunity to be the full time number one guy, he's gonna he's gonna uh, prove himself to be a Pro Bowler. But yeah, for me, but obviously Ertz is the guy. He's been in the league longer. He's been productive for highly productive for a long period of time. Um, so yeah, I mean, he really is the obvious pick to pretty much everybody except you know there there is one. There are some people that would disagree. So um, Pro Football Focus put out their top fifteen list of tight ends in the NFL. And for them, they they actually rated Dallas Goddard as the number six tight end in the league, and Zach Ertz as number seven. So they actually think Goddard's better. And you know, if you look at their um, their numbers from last year, they gave Goddard for the season a grade of eighty three point two, whereas they gave Ertz a grade of seventy three point four. So they think Goddard is significantly better. He is a much better blocker, but Ertz is because he's got to be the pick. He's clearly the guy that's put up the elite stats for three seasons in a row now. And, yeah, he's just he's on his way to a potential Hall of Fame career at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, Zach obviously has the talent to be a top five all-time tight end. It's going to be tough. I, I think he most likely could make the top ten, but he already has a historic number that no other tight end has had, and that's receptions in a season, so... All right, yeah. so th- so that's the tight end. So you're, you're, what's next? All right, next up, we're gonna go. It stands in between the tackles here. We're gonna go. We're going between the tackles here, and we're gonna go with um, running back. <sighs> this is where, unfortunately, we probably will disagree. Like I said, I mean, obviously, Miles Sanders is our is our top back, Booby Booby Miles, as they call him. You know, on his in in on the team and in his uh, social media accounts, Booby Miles. But, like I said, he was a rookie in 2019. He still hasn't, you know, branched to his own yet. Obviously, he's going to improve as the year goes on, as the season goes on. Obviously, for me, to me, there's just two great running backs in this. In this, uh, Obviously, there's a Hall of Famer in Adrian Peterson who's going – who obviously will be a Hall of Famer, but he's at the end of his ropes. He's 35 years old, and he he's down to this last couple of, you know, he's on his last legs anyway. So really it comes down to two, and that's Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott. And why Zeke Elliott might be more consistent because he's been on winning teams, he obviously has had a great old line to work with, and he's obviously very explosive between the tackles and stuff, and he runs really well. I'm going with Saquon here. I just think that Saquon, he just has that explosive speed that makes it that just makes other other defenses that 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 makes defensive coordinators sleep very hard in the before a game. And even though the Giants have had not a lot of success in the last several years, they know that if 26 gets the ball, he's going to score. He's going to do something with it, no matter what. You know they they have to prepare for him and and why a lot of defensive defensive coordinators have obviously prepared for him well. You know Saquon's just a dangerous. He's just dangerous. He might be the most dangerous back in this league. And 
we've seen him how how he's played against us and and against and against you know we've seen him it's it's unbelievable how how scary he can be and to me you know it's it's a no brainer to me Saquon is is the best back in this division in my opinion so I'm going with with Saquon. Yeah, well, the Redskins obviously are out of it in terms of running back. Um, they got nothing. Peterson's at the end of his end of the line. Uh, Geis is gone, and they got nothing else. Um, Miles Sanders is a guy with great talent, but he obviously hasn't even ran for a thousand yards in a season yet. So there's no way he can compete with Saquon or Zeke in this um, in these rankings. So it comes down to those two. And, um, yeah, we are going to be uh, different here. Um, you know, Saquon is a guy with great talent, but he, and he had a great rookie year. But last year he had, a, he had a poor year. He was very disappointing. And, obviously, he doesn't have the same supporting cast around him that Zeke has. But even so, I mean, he, there are, we've seen plenty of running backs come out with uh, – very little talent around them and still put up, have great seasons and put up big numbers. And I look at Saquon last year, he ran for just 1,003 yards, 52 receptions, six touchdowns. I mean, not a horrible year, but when you're talking about EV running backs, that's a, that's a poor season. And it just, it, it was a major step back from his rookie year. Um, meanwhile, Zeke's been in the league for four years now. Look at his rushing numbers. His rookie year, he rushed for 1,631 yards. Year two, he was suspended for the first month of the season, but he ran for 983. Year three, he ran for 1,434. And then last year, 1,357. He has 40 rushing touchdowns in four seasons. Um, to me, he's the clear leader at this point. You know, Saquon maybe could overtake him if he actually if he puts up some big numbers, but... Right at the moment, I think Zeke's the better player. Well, obviously Zeke has more more talent around him compared to Saquon. Saquon's on it's kind of on an island, you know. The Giants have not been very good with him, you know. But I still think if you're thinking about long term, to me, I just think that I mean, yeah, Zeke is probably better because of what he has. But I feel like Saquon's more talented. Like he gets the ball in space and just out out of nowhere and it goes to the house. I don't see that unfortunately with Zeke anymore. Like Zeke's starting to slow a little bit. You know, he's still he still obviously got it and he's gonna be a he's gonna still have a strong year this year. Obviously Dallas could have the best offense in this division. But I'm going with, with Saquon just to just because of what I've seen from a speed standpoint. <laughs> All right. So what's what's your next position? Next up, um, in terms of offense, we're not even messing with fullback because it's a dead position. Um, the Eagles don't even carry a fullback, and a lot of other teams in the league don't at this point. So um, I'm not even going to bother with fullback. We're also not bothering with special teams. No. It's just offense and defense. Um, so that leaves us on offense with just wide receiver and quarterback. Um, normally I'd say quarterback for last, but we just did the top ten quarterback rankings in the NFL, so um, I think we both know who... Yeah, we don't even have to discuss the quarterback. We both know it's Carson. Carson's yeah, in we the, both it, Carson it, higher than Dak. Yeah, yeah. There's no other quarterback in this division. 
So. Yeah, yeah. Carson is the is the guy in this division. It's Carson. Sorry, Dak. Not you know, you gotta do more. You gotta do more. You gotta f- figure out how to carry a team, and he hasn't done that yet. Which Carson did last year. So yeah, let's exactly. go to the wide. Okay, wide receiver. Wide receiver. Yeah, he's a wide receiver. Um, we're gonna. I'm looking for three of them here. I'm looking for two outside receivers and a slot receiver. Hmm. Well, looking at the wide receiver position, it's obviously, you know, we'll start with the slot because that moves the chains. And to me, I can look at Alshon Jeffrey as a slot guy. He's been a slot guy most of his career. But he's getting up there in age where, to me, it's just it's going to be very it's going to be very difficult to think that he can survive a full season. You know, I, I I think that where he he's at right now, I can't really trust him like I used to. I can't I can't really trust him as a slot guy. You know, I'm going to surprise you as my slot guy. He's he's on the Washington. I know you still call them Redskins, but they're the football team. No more Redskins. I'm going to go with second man, second year man Terry McLaurin. I think that. What I've seen out of him in that, you know, last year against the Eagles, he burned us. He had a he had two very very good games against us last year. You know, I think that with the right quarterback, he can have even more success. But I saw how good he was in the slot last year, and I'm going to pick him over Slayton, even though I don't think Slayton plays that position. But I I look at Terry McLaurin for some reason just getting it. He's just getting it right now. Just because he had a lot of big games. He he was underratedly very good last year as a rookie, you know. I think he made the all-rookie team if I'm not mistaken at that position. I'm not sure, but you know, he he was very very consistent with it when he when he caught when he caught the passes. And even though Washington's not the greatest offense, I like I liked him there at the slot. Now, on the inside, like I said, I mean I would like to put I would like to see put an Eagles receiver there, but unfortunately, you know, I'm just I just don't trust I just don't trust the inside right now for for an Eagles receiver, you know. So you know, Deshaun Jackson's another receiver we can't trust for a full season. So unfortunately, you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna have to go with uh with with the rookie CD Lamb. I mean, C.D. Lamb obviously, yeah, he hasn't played a game yet, but he's gonna he's gonna be a force this year. That kid's gonna be tough. He's gonna make he's gonna make he's gonna make teams very very nervous. He's gonna make defenses very very nervous and cornerbacks very very ner- nervous. And I do think that he's gonna have a lot of success. Now, does this mean that he's got to carry Dallas's offense? If things don't go well in other positions, I say probably not, because Dallas does have a solid receiving core. I think they have a better receiving core than anybody else right now in this division. When you look at, when you look at uh, who's who wears number thirteen, uh, Michael Gallup, and obviously, uh, obviously, what's his name, number nineteen. I gotta look on my list. Uh, Mari Cooper. 
So on the right, I have I have C.D. Lamb. I just think that you know he was a great receiver. He was a receiver that you and I both think could fit very well here with the Eagles, and and technically a little higher than Jalen Rieger, even though we like Rieger and we think he's going to do well. I just think that C.D. Lamb has a chance to be that that elite receiver over him right now, at, as of as of right now. So I'm gonna pick Lamb there. And on the left side, I mean, you know, unfortunately, you know, like I said, I have to go with, with Cooper right now. I, I hate to do this, man. Two Cowboy receivers, better. They make more, they're healthier. They'll make more plays right now. You know, the wide receiver position with the Eagles is a scarce position right now. Maybe by the end of the year, it will be different. Maybe, maybe Deshaun stays healthy. Maybe... Alshon stays healthy. Rieger becomes that great receiver we think he can be. But if we're talking about here and now, these are my three receivers right now in this division, unfortunately. Well, mine's going to be a, a little bit different than yours. Um, I'm going with a little bit different route here. Um, when I look at outside versus inside playing, um, the way I'm viewing it is... I, I is um how like how many snaps they played on the outside versus the inside. The Cowboys have three receivers obviously and those guys kinda move around. You know, they can move Cooper in the slot, they could move Gallup in the slot. Um C D Bland may play in the slot this year. Um it will probably get moved around a lot, but to me, rookies are not even they're not even getting consideration on a list like this because they haven't proven anything. They haven't even played a snap in the NFL. So for me, Lamb's off, completely off the list, as is Jalen Rager. Um, the rest of the Eagles receivers are off this list. Alshon is on the downside of his career and injury-prone. Um, Deshaun Jackson had one great game before getting injured last year. So they don't even have a chance at making this list, as far as I'm concerned. And Greg Ward... You know, he had a, a good month, but he's not getting on this list either. Which leaves us with just the Cowboys, Giants, and Redskins. Um, so I'll start with my outside receivers. And this is where it actually gets to be pretty tough for me. Um, I'm actually putting Cooper, Gallup, McLaurin, and Slayton all as outside receivers because they all play the majority of their snaps outside. Um, McLaurin did make plays from the slot, like you said, but he did play more snaps on the outside than he did on the inside. So I'm actually going to consider him an outside receiver for the sake of this list. Um, and when I look at it like that, Slayton and McLaurin, they both had really good rookie years. They, 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 they get consideration, but... Like you, I'm going with two Cowboys here. Amari Cooper is the obvious pick. And then Michael Gallup had 1,100-yard receiving six touchdowns last year. He had a big year. Um, so I think he's earned his way onto this list. And, um, yeah, he's my number two outside receiver. And then I go into the slot. If I consider McLaren and I, as an outside receiver and I take C.D. Lamb out of the list completely, um, it doesn't leave a whole lot when it comes to slot receivers in the NFC East. But there is one guy that 
has made a career out of being a high, a, a quality slot receiver. And he's a guy I forgot about that he was still in the NFC East, actually, I, when I started thinking about the list. And um, then I looked up the depth chart. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I forgot this guy was even still on the Giants. And that's Golden Tate. He's been a high-quality slot receiver his whole career. And um, I think he should be on this list. So, yeah, Golden Tate's my slot guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Tate too. You know, he's been he's been very reliable. You know, over the over his career, obviously he's now in the NFCs. He was here with the Eagles in the second half of 2018. Scored that touchdown late that that sealed the win against the Bears. But obviously, you know, he went to the Giants and he's there. And I think he'll do ver he'll do as decent as they can if they you know with Daniel Jones throwing the ball. We'll see, but. Yeah, I forgot about Golden Tate myself. You know, I didn't even realize it. Because I wasn't going to put Slayton, Darius Slayton in there. I think he's a very good receiver as well. But I think he just lacks sometimes in speed and in accuracy. So I didn't put him on there. I, You know, Terry McLaurin, we played him twice last year, and he burned us twice. He was really good. So he knows, he knows how to play the secondary, even though the secondary is a little be a little tougher this year, but yeah, I, I, it's hard to put the Eagles receivers and the wide receivers out there right now because it was such a lost cause. It was a terrible, they were terrible last year at that position, so. <laughs> yeah, right. But, alright, so that's our offense. Now, our defense. Go ahead. Alright, this is where it's going to get a little bit more interesting because um, there's a lot of players on all over this, all over this division, not just the Eagles and Cowboys, and I think we're going to have a lot of different players here, um, especially on the defensive line. So I'm going to save the defensive line for last. We'll, we'll work from furthest away from the ball to inwards. So we're going to start on the outside and going to go three cornerbacks. I need two outside guys and a nickel. Well, Darius Slay. Obviously, it's going to be one of them because he's already a proven commodity, even though he has yet to play one snap for the Eagles yet. He is a proven commodity, and I like and I and, and I think he's going to have a hell of a year. We talked about him last week. I think he's going to have an All-Pro year. I really do. He's going to make he's going to make life very difficult for 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 receivers, and you know. So I'm looking at him at as one. Like I said, I mean, you know, it, it, then it gets a little interesting because, you know, like I said, the cornerback position is a is an interesting. It's like the wide receiver in reverse. It's the wide receiver position reverse. So, you know, you look, you just look around. I mean, I'm just looking. I'm just looking at at all these, you know, at all these guys out here. You know, <laughs> it's just really tough. Okay, I'm going to go with Kendall Fuller for Washington. I mean, he, he to me, you know, he, he gets a lot of picks as well as one of my outsiders. I just think that, you know, outside, you know, just, you know, he, 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 you know, he, he, he kind of controls a, a third of the field too. And you know he does very well, and he has 
pro, pro Bowl potential with him. So those are my outside guys, Slay and Fuller. So you give me a slot. Like I said, I mean, I'm looking at Dallas's corners. Like I said, I would look at Byron Jones, but he's now in Miami, so he's out. So Dallas, unfortunately, their secondary is not their strength. You know, they they were they they obviously were last in the NFC East in interceptions last year. So that's not their strength. Is the secondary their strength is in their D line, which I think is very scary. So, I mean, I look at the Giants. I mean, the Giants have some defensive guys, but unfortunately, they're not good enough to keep these guys. They have to trade these guys to get better value. And they're, and even when they trade them, they get even terrible value. So I'm going to go with Roby Coleman as my, as my nickel, you know. So to me, I, I, look at, I look at it like this. I mean, he's an underrated signing in the offseason. He obviously played very well last year. I think he can play the slot. I think that's what they're going to tell him to do. So, that's that's on my three. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with the slot and, and then do my two outside guys. Um, I look at I, I look at the slot corners in this division. I really only see two guys that could potentially be on this list. Um, you, you know, you have you Kendall Fuller as one of your guys. Um, I, I, when I was thinking about the list, he was one of the guys I thought of as a potential slot corner, nickel cornerback. Because um, when he has played it, covered the slot, he's been really good in his career. But looking at the depth chart, he's listed as an outside cornerback for the Redskins, so he's off the list altogether anyway. Um, in terms of looking at nickel corners, um, which brings me just to two guys for the Cowboys. They do have a they do have a, a, a solid slot guy in um, Jordan Lewis. And he's been a pretty decent player, but the Eagles brought in a guy who has consistently rated highly as specifically a nickel cornerback in the NFL. And who better who better to play the nickel than a guy with the name nickel? So Roby Coleman is the guy for that spot. Um, then you go to the outside. The obvious pick, like you said, is Darius Slay. He might be new to the division, but he's he's a legit number one shutdown cornerback, all-pro guy. Um, nobody else in this division at at cornerback can um, can hold the candle to him to what he's done so far in his career. So he's my top outside corner. And then the number two position is where it's open for debate a bit. Like you said, you had Ken, Kendall Fuller. I was looking at two other guys. Um, I had it down to two other guys that I think might be better. Um, one, the Giants brought in James Bradbury out of, from, from Carolina. Um, but he, he didn't have a very good year last year. And that's going to knock him down in the rankings a little bit, which leaves me with one other guy from the Cowboys, Jadobi Awuzie. He's actually been he's actually been really good over the course of his career. Um, obviously, he's had Byron Jones take being like the number one corner, so he's more so the number two guy. This year, he's going to have to step up as the top cornerback on the team. But 
he thought he's been very good, so that's my number two outside guy. Cool. All right. So what's All right. so we'll go probably to the next. safeties to the safeties next. Yeah, we'll stick with the secondary and go two safeties. Two safeties. Well, yeah. like I said, I mean, unfortunately, I can't. You know, as much as I like the Eagles, and and you know, you know, we we're both Eagles guys bias. You know, that's how we are. I can't pick the safety in this group, unfortunately. You know, I just think that you know. We'll see what happens. Obviously, that's a position that unfortunately is voided with uh, Malcolm Jenkins now with, gone and back down with the Saints. So, unfortunately, I have to go with two. So, Jabril Pe- Peppers from the Giants is one. That's one. I just think that, you know, you know, he was really good in Michigan. He's still unproven. I think he's an unproven safety in this league and that he has the potential, you know, I'm a little worried that he's gonna he may not survive the full season, not because of injury, but because if the Giants are once again terrible and they need value, he's gonna be he's gonna be put up for a trade. Probably not. He was traded here just two years ago. So I don't think that's gonna be the case. But if he's having a strong season and they feel like he's valued and he's valuable for something else, then they'll move him. But I think he's gonna stay, so Jabir Preppers is one safety I have. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at Dallas's safety group. You know, like I said, their secondary there's potential, and 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 I'll go to Dallas here. Unfortunately, Xavier Woods has obviously been a name I've heard a lot. He's very good. He's a very good tackler. He's good at 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 you know at ball at ball stopping. He's not good at interceptions, but he's good at at tackling in the. You know, down down the line, and also good at stopping at stopping passes too. So, so my two safeties is Preppers and Woods. Okay, well, I have it slightly a little bit different. Um, I look at like like you said with the Eagles, Malcolm Jenkins would be a lock for this list, but he's gone. Um, Rodney DeCloud is a guy that. He's, he's been very underrated over the course of his career as a center field fielder, but you know he, he was coming off an injury last year. Didn't really play all that well. We'll see if he can improve and get back to playing at high, at a high level. But um, yeah, he didn't have a good year last year, so he's off the list. And while I do like Jalen Mills as a safety, I he obviously hasn't proven anything, so he's not on the list. There's no Eagles. At this position, um, so I have it. I basically have it the three players. Like you said, there are some talented players here. Um, the Giants did draft Xavier McKinney in this early second round. That guy has a chance that he could be on this list beginning next year. But obviously, he hasn't played. And I, like I said, I'm not. I, I won't put any rookies on this list. So he's out. And yeah, I have it down to three players. They've all been off-season acquisitions for from the team that picked him up. Um, the guy that I think is the opposite, the clear choice as the top safety in this division is Landon Collins. Um, he's on the Redskins now. He came over from the Giants. And then the number two safety position is between, like you said, Jabril Peppers or Ha Ha Clinton Dix of the Cowboys. Oh, I forgot about him. <laughs> and, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I always I always thought that uh, Clinton Dix was a bit overrated. So I'm going with Jabril, Jabril Peppers here. So I got two, a former Giant and a current Giant. Yeah. Ken Collins and Jabril Peppers. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. I forgot about what's his name. Uh, I forgot about uh, Landon Collins. I mean, he's he's obviously the most experienced in this division now with with Jenkins gone. So to be, yeah. but they spent so much money. He he's not worth the money that they spent that they spent for him. Just to, they're just <laughs> trying to spite the Giants, you know. But remember, Washington Giants are still at the back are on the back back end of the end of, of of the league and in this and obviously in this division. I can't see any of them. Their ceiling is probably six or seven victories this year. So, yeah. unfortunately, I, you know, but Jabril Peppers and uh, and Xavier Woods are mine. Are mine. So, next, that next on the list. Next up, we're gonna go back. We're gonna come closer to the line of scrimmage and go linebacker. We need three of them. Unfortunately, this is another list that the Eagles will not be on. You want three? All right. But, like I said, the Eagles are not on this list, unfortunately. The linebacker position has obviously been a lost cause for many years for the Eagles over the, you know. So, like I said, I mean, I'll I'll first start off in Dallas. And, I, and I'm surprised that Alton Smith is back. But, you know, Alton Smith hasn't played in this league in five years. We don't even know if he's even in shape anymore. You know, obviously they'll think it's a steal that he got signed here and why Dallas has made a lot of changes in their in their D-line to make it even more dangerous. You know, you, you may look at them as names, and I can look at their, produc- at their previous production, but my first linebacker is Leighton Vanderus. When he's healthy, he's obviously a, a, a machine. I, I remember watch. I went to an Eagles game in 2018, his rookie year, and he was very, very productive. He really played well in that game. He even picked off a Carson Wentz pass. So I think that Leighton Vanderus is uh, a guy that, if he stays healthy, can be one of the elite guys at that position. And to me, I just think that you know what he's done, what he's if he's what he's capable of doing is very, very very much he's the outside so he so there that's the first one that's my first I mean Jalen Smith is in here but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna you know like I said that's I'm gonna look for an insider guy but you know if he does want to play the inside it's possible but I'm gonna go with another one and that is and that is Reuben Foster of the Washington. Reuben Foster, you know, there's a lot of talent there. He's a lot. He's trouble too. He's a trouble guy too. But when he's when he's healthy and has his head on straight, he could be one of the best at his position. So, I got Reuben Foster as well. He's another outside line outsider, but he could play inside too. So, you know, I can. I could pretty much put my put my stamp of approval on on his on his on his play, not him personally, but his play. Like I said, just looking around. 
unfortunately, I have to go with Jalen Smith. Unfortunately for Dallas on the other side, I, I have to go with Jalen Smith as well. You know, just, you know, he obviously if, if you know, Dallas has by name maybe more talent at that position than the Eagles. You know, and when you got guys like Emerson Griffin joining this and, and Gerald McCoy joining in the offseason, if everybody's on point, everybody plays their roles, Dallas has a, a danger. They have a dangerous line. It's going to be tough to, to do stuff against. So, so Jalen Smith, Leighton Van Der Es, and Ruben Foster are my linebackers. <laughs> okay. Um, mine's going to be a little bit different. So, the first guy I'm going with is um, I had him at the defensive end, honestly. But then I looked, when I looked up the, um, the depth chart, he listed as an outside linebacker in a 4-3 scheme, so not, it's, you know, not, not edge rusher, technically. But, um, yeah, the guy I'm going with, the first linebacker I'm going with that outside is um, Ryan Kerrigan. Like I said, I had him as a defensive end, but he's listed as an outside linebacker on the depth chart, so I guess I'm going to have to cheat and make him, like, the top linebacker in the division. Um, and I go sort of, I guess, could say inside linebacker. I mean, I'm not really going by like inside versus outside so much. But um, the next guy I have here is a guy that he might be a little bit overrated based upon his the, the numbers that he puts up versus how good he actually is. And he was he's, he's uh, just coming over to the division from the Packers, but. Um, Blake Martinez is a guy as an inside linebacker that gets a ton of tackles, um, and he is really good against the run. So I got Blake Martinez on this team. And then my third linebacker, this comes down to the Cowboys. Um, like you said, there's Nathan Vanderetch and uh, Jalen Smith. I look at it like this. Um, Vanderesh, both both guys actually have had a lot of injury problems. Um, Van Der Esch last year, he he had some injuries. He had a really poor season. Um, his rookie year, two years ago, his pro football focus grade was an 84.4. He was a top five linebacker based upon that number. Um, he played really well. And then last year, his, his grade was a 58.5. So he had a really poor season last year. Obviously, some injuries played a part in that. Um, Jalen Smith is a guy... A Notre Dame guy, by the way. Yeah, your and, boy. Uh, yeah, your boy from Notre Dame, your favorite school. <laughs> yeah, man. He's a top. He was a. He was considered a top ten draft pick right up until his final college football game. The, yeah, um, he had that terrible injury. He had that terrible injury and had to redshirt his first year. Yeah, exactly. His uh, first like two years, he was in the NFL. wasn't looking too hot, but two years ago, he finally got back to a hundred percent health. And he's been really good. Um, two years ago, like I said, Van Der Esch's grade on pro football focus was an 84.4. Jalen Smith was an 84 even. Um, but last year, Jalen Smith, is, is, his play dropped a little bit too from two years ago. But he still put up a 70.2 versus a 58.5 from Van Der Esch. So um, I'm giving the edge here to Jalen Smith. Shout out to Notre Dame. <laughs> Yeah, they're going. Yeah, they're going to have fun this year, uh, Notre Dame. <laughs> All right, 
next next one, next next member of the line. All right, yeah, next up we got two more positions, man. Both defensive line, and there's a lot of talent on the defensive line in this division. So there, there, there's there's a lot to look at here. Um, defensive tackle, let's go with first. Well, now the, now the Eagles can get back into this. You know, like I said, I mean, obviously we talk, you know, the Eagles defense should be very tough to deal with this year. And you're talking about two? Two, yeah, two, two defensive tackles. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Malik Jackson for, for one, even though, yes, he only has one game he played until he got hurt with the Liz Frank injury, the foot injury. I'm going to go with with him. I just think that, you know, had he not gotten injured, I think he would have had a very solid year. I think he would have had a very, very good year. Actually, yeah, defensive tackle. Yeah, I got Fletcher Cox. What am I talking about? I'm going to go with Fletcher Cox. It's easy. It's easy. You know, he's been consistent every year. Obviously, he, he, he reminds me of Reggie White, even though he doesn't have what Reggie White once had. You know, Reggie White's legendary, iconic. He's probably the best at that position of all time. But Fletcher Cox has been very respected in this league for many years. Obviously, he needs he needs to help sometimes. But you know, he I can I can trust him at that position, and you know he's been, he's been there for a long long time, long long time. So I'm obviously going with with him with, with you know with Fletcher. I could go with Malik Jackson with my other, you know, but I'm just looking around. I I, I don't want to play too. I don't want to be too biased here. So I'm gonna go with Jonathan Allen, out out of Washington as my other D D tackle. You know, obviously, you know he's a guy that's gonna have have a lot of success in this league if if things would go right. If he still obviously if he still is on this team, he could be going elsewhere because they're not very good, but. You know, so so, I'll, so yeah, my two is Fletcher Cox, obviously, and Jonathan Allen. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Fletcher Cox is the obvious pick. He's the number two defensive tackle in the NFL. So, um, you know, he's the obvious pick. He's clearly the best in the division. But the number two spot, man, there's a lot of talent in this division is uh, on the defensive line, especially a defensive tackle. And this, you could go with a number of different guys here. Um, I take Malik Jackson off the list because he only played not even a full game last year. Um, and he's coming off an injury. So I need to see him actually come out and produce like he used to before he gets back in the top tier of, the, of defensive tackles. Um, and then you look at some other guys. You have Jonathan Allen. He's a guy. He's another highly talented defensive tackle in this division. The Redskins actually do have the one thing I can say about them: they have a really good defensive line. Um, and Allen's one of their one of their top guys. He had seven sacks last year, um, but his Pro Football Focus grade was only a sixty point five. So. Um, he obviously is is good at getting to the pass, passer, but maybe his rush rush defense isn't quite as good. Um, 
They have Darren Payne also on the Redskins. He's a he's a talented guy, but he's not on the same level as some of these other defensive tackles. Um, the Giants have Dexter Lawrence, who they drafted last or who was a rookie last year. That guy's got a ton of potential. Um, put up a seventy six point one grade last year on Pro Football Focus, but he only had three sacks. He's more of a run stopper that can get some pressure, but he's more of a run stopper. So I'm going to leave him off the list as well, which brings me down to two guys now. One is Gerald McCoy. The Cowboys signed him this offseason. He had eight sacks last year. Um, he's been a really good defensive tackle over the course of his career. But the guy I'm going with, I'm, I'm going with two Eagles here, and it's not Malik Jackson either. It's, it's Javon Hargrave, who the Eagles just brought in. This is a guy that I think is going to have a huge year this year. Um, he's very underrated as a pass rusher. He's great against the run. Um, he only had four sacks last year, but that's because of the system he was in. The Steelers didn't ask him to rush the passer as much. But he did have an 83.4 pro football focus grade, and his pass rush grade on pro football focus was top 10. So when he did get an opportunity to get after the quarterback, he made the most of it. And I think in this system, he's, he's really going to, potentially be a pro bowler. So, Javon Hargrave is my other DP. Yeah, like I said, the Eagles are very strong at that. That's the strongest at that position of, of of their position is is that side. So, all right. Yeah. So, what's the next one? If this is probably the last one on our look through. Yeah, this is it. Defensive end. We need two of them. Well, guess what? Go right back to the Eagles, Brandon Graham, number one, you know, he's been solid, consistent. I mean, we think about the draft in 2010, obviously we were pissed off that Earl Thomas didn't, we didn't sign Earl Thomas, and he went right before us to Seattle, but Brandon Graham has been, obviously been our guy, our go-to guy for many years, obviously he's had, he had a strong year last year, he had eight sacks last year. You know why not? It's an easy. It's easy to go to him. You know why not? So, you know that's my that's that's my that's that's number one. Now I'm looking at other lists, and unfortunately, I have to unfortunately go most likely to Dallas. You know, I'm I'm going to have to go to to Dallas where where my number two guy unfortunately, and it's Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, they spent a lot of money in the offseason to keep him in Dallas. You know, he could have went elsewhere, but obviously he, he's, you know, he's very good. He played very strong against us in the in their first meeting last year. He's been pretty good. He's been very, he's been very good around the league. He's been a pro bowler. He's been close to being an all-pro. So, I mean, DeMarcus Lawrence is obviously the second choice behind Brandon Graham. So, that's just how I look at it. Those are my two. Yeah. Well, I got DeMarcus Lawrence as my number one guy. Um, I think he's the best defensive end in the division, unfortunately. Um, and then there's, there's a lot of talent, though, at this, at this position. You go to the Redskins, obviously Chase Young is a guy that probably will be in, on this list as early as next year. Um, he's got elite talent. He, he, he could have been the number one draft pick, depending on 
you know, who had which team had the number one pick this year. But um, yeah, he's a he's a probable superstar in the making. But he's a rookie, and like I said, no rookies on this list, so he's off. Um, I, like I said, I had I was looking at Ryan Kerrigan as well, but he's listed as an outside linebacker, so he's off this list too at the defensive end. Which leaves me with two guys. One is Brandon Graham, who, like you said, he's been he's been really good over the course of his career. You know, he started off with a bunch of injury issues, but since he really got since he got healthy and is able has been able to stay healthy, he's been. He's been really good. Um, the one knock I would I have on him, he gets pressure on the quarterback. He sets the edge against the run, but he doesn't get home as often as he as you would like for a defensive end. Um, last year he did have eight and a half sacks, but over the course of his career he's only had two seasons where he's had eight sacks or more. Um, but he's usually more around like the five six range, but he does get a lot of pressures. It's sort of like the Mike Mamula effect. Um, and then there's one other guy that I was really high on in the draft last year that, unfortunately, uh, he was the guy at, when the Eagles traded up to draft Dillard. When when, I, when the Eagles traded up, he, he was still on the board. He Somehow he fell this, down in the 20s, and I really thought the Eagles were going to draft him. They didn't. The Redskins ended up taking him, and that's Montez Sweat. Um, guy, he was a rookie last year. He put up seven sacks, which would, which, right off the bat, seven sacks is would be um, Brandon Graham's third best season in terms of total sacks of his career. Um, so, even though he was a rookie, and even though his overall pro football focus grade wasn't as high, mainly because you know rookie defensive ends do typically have a lot of trouble coming into the NFL for their, for, for their first year, um, they do tend to uh, they do tend to, in college, be able to use their talent and just superior um, physical ability to overpower offensive linemen. But when they get to the NFL, those linemen are a lot stronger, a lot faster, and a lot smarter. And they tend to take about a year or so to really develop. But Sweat had seven sacks last year. I'm, I'm, I think he's going to have a really good year this year, and I'm putting him as my number two defensive end. All right, so there's our list. There's our list. So I hope you all enjoyed this one. I'm sure you all will look into your lists and, and see what you all can come up with. Join us on uh, Thursday. Wednesday's my birthday, so we're going to take a break from that. But on Thursday, we will return with our top 10 head coaches. Who is the best discusser in the league that can lead their team to to the next level? And obviously, we, we, you know, Matt and I will obviously have our differing opinions, but we'll see what where we go. But top 10 head coaches Thursday. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>